Parents Show, sponsored by Raiden Solicitors, award-winning specialist family lawyers. See RaidenSolicitors.co.uk. Welcome to The Parent Show here on Radio Verulam on 92.6 FM, sponsored by Raiden Solicitors. Tonight we bring you another Deadbeat Dad special. This time the Deadbeat Dads are at the movies. We changed our name from the Lockdown Dads to the Deadbeat Dads when the lockdown ended. And now here we are, at the time of recording at least, back in the midst of a lockdown. So in true movie style, we may just reboot the franchise with a Lockdown Dads 2.0. Tonight, though, we're going to be taking a look at the role of movies and cinema in family life, specifically as seen through the eyes of normal dads for that's what we are, a cross-section of dads from in and around St Albans who are blessed with opinions, but not necessarily insight or expertise, as you will see for yourself over the next 45 minutes or so. It's likely to be more entertaining than illuminating, and even that seems like a bit of a stretch at the moment. The only takeaway that you should have is you should realise that you're not the dumbest dad in St Albans. That is evidently one of us. So tonight we're at the movies. The questions we're asking our dads tonight are about the role of cinema and movies in parenting. How important is it? Whether it helps develop family bonds, whether we prefer sweet or salted popcorn. Do movies work best in the cinema or on the 95-inch jumbotronic plasma screen hanging on the wall of your living room? Just how important is cinema to dads? Well, we'll find out as we talk to our panel tonight, who are, in no particular order, Toby. Hi, Steve. Good evening. And Monia. Good evening. Tristan. Hello, Steve. Good evening to you. Thank you. Andrew, good evening. Hello. And of course, Sammy. Hello, guys. Hopefully you can hear me. A little icebreaker to start the evening with to help our audience visualise the carnage that lies in front of us today. Which actor, alive or dead, would play you in the movie of your life, do you think? Should we ask you that question, Steve? Yeah. <laughs> yes, uh, I've got an answer to that one because I knew the question was coming. Um, Patrick Swayze, um, for me. <laughs> you had a bump on the head. We thought you'd say someone really distinguished like um, Alec Guinness or, or Ian Richardson from the original um, House of Cards, but, but I think you're probably more of a sort of Leslie Nielsen uh, <laughs> I have an authority from a sales lady at uh, Disney World that I bear a striking resemblance to Patrick Swayze All I can say Steve is you picked the wrong day to stop sniffing glue <laughs> Okay, it was a little while ago when she said that but um, moving on, that's my answer to my question, what about you guys? Tristan, I'm seeing you as a slightly more <laughs> Camp Rock Hudson. Would that work? <laughs> so so I, I think that he might not be an actor, but I think that the perfect person to play me would be Tom Jones. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's got a little more facial hair than I at the moment, but, you know, look, I think he's, he's not too far off. Mm. Tim Curry, I think, would be a good one for you. Who? <laughs> well, well, he's probably best known for for a certain role in uh, the Rocky Horror Picture Show. But I was thinking more in terms of his role in one of the. I think he was in Scary Movie and a few things like that. But very, very 
British. Tim Curry, okay. Okay, I'm going to have to look him up. Toby, what about yourself? So I... I actually have a, a, a photograph because we, we pulled into a motorway services a number of years ago and one of my kids grabbed my shirt and said, Daddy, Daddy, why are you on the magazine? And this, this photograph was taken at exactly the same time. So I happened to be wearing a roll neck sweater when Benedict Cumberbatch was on the cover of GQ and I was told that we bore a similarity. But uh, my goodness, that's uncanny. That's which, uncanny. which one are you? I said you got Photoshop on your phone as well. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and do you carry that picture around with you all the time, just in case? Sammy, uh, how do you see yourself in the movies? I don't know. I struggle with this question. Um, it's easy for me, Sam. It's Jean Claude Sam Dam. <laughs> now, I would say, you know, when I was at the gym, uh, probably Dwayne Johnson. Uh, when I was at cool, probably uh, Goodwill Hunting, you know, um, Matt Damon. Um, you know, in business, probably uh, uh, Christian Bale in the the Dark Knight uh, for Bruce Wayne. I don't know. No, I, I, I really struggle with this question. There's, there's no, there's um, I don't know. I, I, I'll have to pass on this one. Um, so my well, Patrick Swayze is looking pretty good right now. <laughs> there is one actor that actually looks like me quite a lot, but uh, and quite unfortunately, I can't remember his name. As anecdotes go, that's uh, we might have to cut that one out. <laughs> Exactly. Monia, are you, uh, you're sitting there very quiet. Who, who's going to play you in the movie of your life? Oh, I don't know. I was thinking, um, okay, I wasn't thinking about Chabad Ajib, but possibly Danny DeVito, if it was going to be um, mm-hmm. an, a Hollywood kind of film. If it was mm-hmm. going to be a Bollywood film, it would be someone like um, Amit Bachchan. Anyway, we're talking about movies. Now, as I say, before we lose our last listener, we're here really to talk about the role of cinema and movies in the act of parenting. So I'm going to ask a question. How important is a movie night or or a trip to the cinema in your family? I, I, I can go first with this. Um, you know, having, well, I suppose having both a, a very young two-year-old and a, 18, a teenager, uh i obviously i don't really watch movies with my uh with my young young son but i mm. do enjoy watching movies with uh my, my stepson and um i <laughs> it, it maybe it's, it will sound a bit mean but i um, quite enjoy just choosing a very stupid action movie you know such as uh, a dwayne johnson movie like rampage or uh the equalizer you know like a really manly movie and just just watching that the two of us and somehow it it may not be very intellectual but it kind of uh it kind of serves as a bond and uh you know we'll, we'll have a fun time just watching that and and knowing that gail's upstairs watching um you know a very much more intellectual movie but we just enjoy that the two of us and uh, i don't know if you if you if you have that with your boys or but um but that's um that that's 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 what i enjoy and um may not be very didactic or maybe won't teach him many things but uh it's just about you know as far as being um two guys um you know watching action it's a bonding thing yeah, yeah I, I, we get that just think that sammy that's there, there's an awful lot to be if you, if you look peel beneath the surface of most of dwayne johnson's films that there is <laughs> a, there's, an esoteric, there's an esoteric there's an esoteric layer of how many layers exactly are there in dwayne johnson movies it's like an onion it's like an onion 
This, well, and Andrew, this is what most people don't realise. I mean, people talk about Kubrick and Steven Soderbergh. Anything that Dwayne Johnson has been, you've got to look, there's detail in there. There's a moral undertone. You're just not looking hard enough. You've missed your calling as a publicist. Yeah. <laughs> there are quotes you can get out. Of, so at the end of uh, San Andreas, I think, which is this Dwayne Johnson movie about a huge earthquake in, in San Andreas, the last line is now we're rebuilt because essentially, you know, the whole city is, is destroyed. And later at night, and I use this phrase all the time. So for example, when, um, you know, when I'm building uh, Lego or, or Kappa with, with William and he destroys the tower, then we're like, nah, we're rebuilt. And it, it just, it just applies to everything. And it's, it's amazing. And, um, you know, and, um, it's just something, you know, it's like a private joke now too between us, I suppose. So for Sammy, it's very definitely a bonding experience, the the the, the family event at the, the cinema, not necessarily passing on traits or skills or information, characteristics or anything like that. It is about the bonding. What about the rest of you? How do you see it? For me, it's a, it's a little bit different. Um, I've got two girls. So bonding over Disney princess movies is a bit weird. But we, we, we do have moments where we just sit down and watch teenage movies and the kids movies and disney princess i kind of like that because as toby says you lift the layers there's lots of things you can learn from there you can't um, lift the layers on a disney princess I, I... no i no, no. <laughs> hang on you know what i meant oh god that came out wrong yeah they're, they're very disney princessy um, even though I do try and get them to watch things like the Avengers and all, all sorts of action movies, they have none of it. So I end up watching movies about princesses, Harry Potter. What is your favourite Disney princess? No, it's got to be Princess Jasmine. No, she's third. <laughs> she's third? What do you mean? Snow White, all the way. Snow White, all the way. Well, Snow White is no way a, a role model for young ladies. Disney movies. Okay, so back to the uh, back to the story. Um, who'd like to describe to us then a typical family trip to the cinema? The the the, the high points and the low points. Let's start off with choosing a movie. Who gets to choose the movie in the family that you all go to see? Uh, it's not me. Yeah, I think I think the silence means it's not us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, my, uh, I, I got dragged to the movies by my. Um, uh, one of my kids, three, year, three years old, going to watch some sort of cartoon, and she was free. She saw it on TV. So, Daddy, I want to watch that. We got to the cinema, nachos, milkshake, popcorn. Ten minutes in, she's asleep. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm sat there, ninety minutes, with my daughter on my lap, watching the film. I was like, oh, no, I can't even leave. So pretty much in general, then, we go to see the movies that everybody wants to see rather than the movies that, that we want to take them to. T Toby might, might be a dissenting voice in that opinion. I've got five years between the boys, and you know, there's no common interest now. Anything that, anything that appeals to the young, younger one, by definition, the older one doesn't want to watch it because it appeals to the younger ones. So we're now in a situation where my wife will generally go to the cinema with the youngster and I'll take the, I'll take the older one. But what, what I do find interesting is how his preferences have developed totally independently of mine. So he, for example, has an encyclopedic knowledge of uh, anime. 
he, he enjoys reading manga um, and he, he has an interest in anime and has been sitting down with me and telling me which Studio Ghibli films I should be watching. And we've enjoyed some great films that he has introduced me to. So, you know, he's expanded my horizons because I had never watched uh, 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 um, anime in the past. So does that mean that your good lady wife is taking him to movies that, that are more for her than for him? And therefore, by your retirement, you'll be going to those anime team, those anime movies too. But, uh, but surreptitiously, you'll have changed your whole uh, outlook on, on cinematography. Yeah, I'm just going to get an aisle seat and a pile of mattresses. <laughs> whatever, whatever you said, I'm going to I'm going to learn from Monier's mistake. I'm sure you were right. It sounded like one of those escape rooms. I want to offer this question up to Sammy. Um, Sammy, uh, choosing the movies that you uh, you go to watch, I, I believe you chose the last movie that you went to go to see. Would you like to give us a brief synopsis of the plot? Uh, yeah. <laughs> No, so I've, I've I've been I've seen Tenet uh, three times, and the first time I went with with my family, and that was probably not the right choice. So we went to to Hamel, we we saw it in IMAX, and it was really really loud. So I don't know if any of you have seen it, but uh, the mix is it's really loud. It's um, Ludwig Ludwig Göransson, uh, who's the composer. It's great great music. He's the he's the composer of the Mandalorians. Um, soundtrack as well so great music but uh, definitely the mix is not for everyone so I think what happens is because some of the the dialogues are a bit drowned in the music uh, the cinemas just crank up the mix uh, a lot higher so it was really really loud uh, and, the, and the movie itself um, as I saw it in, the, in one, of the, one of the articles that I, that I read um, is that it feels like a, an oppressive math test and uh, <laughs> it, it, it you know from some point of view, it could feel like that. Uh, but I have to admit, th- yeah, this movie definitely was was me. And um, here is here is here it is me introducing my main uh, filmmaker and my and I and I'm not ashamed saying that I'm a big fan of Christopher Nolan. Um, so uh, and I was um, I, I have introduced my stepson to his his movies. We've watched uh, so far. We've watched uh, three Batman's, Interstellar, Inception. And that's one. That's a filmmaker that I'm looking forward to introduce to my my, my son when he's obviously old enough to to, to watch those. Because I think, um, you know, you can think what you want of, of Tenet, and it is uh, probably not very accessible, but it is a movie that makes you think. Definitely, it's just next level stuff. Which is that when you when you come back to to your to your life, then you you just can't. Well, I certainly couldn't help thinking about it and i think it's it's great right it's a movie that makes you that makes you think which character would we die to play if we could in any one of the movies that we've seen citizen kane ah awesome wells you you see yourself as citizen kane the the sort of the megalomaniacal yeah i can play that role (laughs) do you have a sledge yes i do actually does it have a name rosebud rosebud of course beautiful thing any, anybody else uh, got, got a part in a movie that they'd love to play? Toby, yeah, what, what I, do you feel? I, I, I think uh, uh, T.E. Lawrence in Lawrence of Arabia. Ooh, Can you ride a camel? Nice. I don't know. It's so highbrow. It can't be that different to a Harley Davidson, can it? <laughs> and we're going to go for a break at that point. No, we're not. <laughs> he had to get the Harley in, didn't he? I, was, I thought we would have said um, Easy Rider. No, no, no. no. I, t- 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 I, I like, I, I tell you why, I, I love the fact that he he 
he was so right about what he was doing and it was so in- inconsistent with what the army wanted to do but still needed to be done i think he was the original the original rebel um and he's a devon boy as well toby yes yes he was and also a motorcyclist there we go he yeah. died riding a rough superior SX 100 <clears throat> Yeah, absolutely. In Devon. There we go. So uh, let, that be, let that be a lesson to you. <laughs> For me, not, maybe not so much a movie, but actually I think there's a movie that was based on this book that I've read uh, a few a few months ago called um, Endurance. Uh, that's a Shackleton's uh, Extraordinary Voyage. And uh, although I, I'm not sure this, it was, I think a movie has been made on this and it relates a lot to lockdown. And I read it during lockdown. And it's the story of this crew of men essentially being stuck on an ice on an ice shelf for month on end uh, in terrible condition, and how he managed to keep to keep his men's uh, motivation going throughout this time. And um, that was that was really really good book to read, especially during lockdown because they had to wait for so long, and they essentially they got super bored um, about being stuck there, and there was nothing they could do, and yet they all survived. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've read this book; it's amazing. Um, there is there is a movie. Yeah. It's 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 the documentary movie with yes. um, Liam Neeson narrating it, which is interesting, isn't it, Steve? Because you do a brilliant Liam Neeson impression, don't you? <laughs> that that was the movie that I was born to play. I I, I covered the role that, that Liam Neeson has in uh, in Taken. I could play that part. You do have yep. a special set of skills, don't you? I could, uh, yeah, I could say I, uh, I do have a very particular set of skills, skills I have acquired over a very long career, skills that make me a nightmare for okay. people like I, you. I've, I've got some fishermen. So, so sorry, I didn't realise David Bellamy was in Taken. <laughs> I've got special skills. <laughs> Okay, so um, before we lose our very last listener, are, are there any other? Andrew, you kept very quiet there about um, about who would play you and which movie you'd like to be in. Ah, any, well, any revelations? It, it, oddly, and, and funnily enough, it was actually it was a TV documentary producer who um, saw me put on time and said, "You look like Ron Silver." And who the hell is that? So I had to IMDb, <laughs> and he was saying uh, he was the guy. He was who, in, in that West movie. Wing. He was in West Wing. No, no, wasn't he? Wasn't he, wasn't he Blue yeah. Steel with uh, Jamie Lee Curtis, where apparently there was some kind of um, carnal activities that went on between them. Apparently, uh, well, anyway, he's dead. So, uh, <laughs> so, I did, so that film ain't going to happen. <laughs> I did say eleven or dead, uh, uh, living or dead. I'm just googling Ron Silver because I do think he was in The West Wing and played a very. Uh... Yeah, he was. He was in the West Wing. He uh, um, he played a very good part in the West Wing. Uh, one of my favourite shows of all time. Munir, I have a serious question because I've, I've got two boys, and yeah. I wonder whether do, do you? We're seeing now a slew of movies, and I think it's a good thing, but a slew of movies that have very different female leads than we've seen in the past and i think it's fair to say that as these new female leads are coming along they're not it's not that they're taking the place of men but they they are presenting a very much more equal and balanced view of women in cinema would you think that your girls would be interested in things like the black widow movie or in captain marvel both of which have very strong female leads or is it just the subject matter that they don't they're not interested in no, I, I think you're right. Um, so with the Avengers and whole Universal um, 
world. Marvel There's Universe. New, Marvel Universe, sorry. sorry. Miss um, Marvel's coming out, and they're quite keen on that, purely because it's based on a young Muslim girl who lives in Chicago. Yeah. So when I told them that story, they're like, oh, okay, we want to watch that. Um, so they started um, watching the um, Marvel movies, the, co- the comic versions on Sky Q. So they're kind of gearing up for that. So, yeah. But the fact that they see somebody that they feel that they're able to identify with more has actually made them interested in, in that whole genre now. Absolutely. That's Mania, I, 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 have you, are you aware of uh, Queen of Catway? Because um, um, Queen, of, Queen of Catway is a real story about um, a, a, a grandmaster, a chess grandmaster, uh, hailing from um, South Africa. And uh, it, is, it is a great movie. And um, and and obviously, and the, the the main the main character is a is a girl, and I think it's I don't know I think chess movies work well with children because it's um, those are usually you know sort of uh, the story of a, a young child you know living sometimes in a not so favored uh, environment, and yet you know reaching I suppose you know fame and success through chess uh, through throughout school and and um and this this one is particularly good and um i don't know if you're aware of it but um might give it might want to get a try it's very different from avengers but uh, it's a different kind of superhero i think their experience of anything to do with chess players has been kind of dashed because i i i, I watched the chess players by sajita ray um it's from the 50s and it's just two men playing chess on a wide shot in the field in india and they that's like, yeah they got bored of it. <laughs> I find that really odd, Manir. Were you expecting a different reaction when you took them in to watch it? <laughs> but it's, it's classic cinema. I'm sorry. It's based on French <laughs> New Wave with a bit of Italian New Realism thrown in. So, uh, way back at uh, the beginning of time, we asked the question about the value <laughs> of the trip to the cinema and whether or not that was a good experience for the family. And uh, Andrew, you didn't uh, you didn't pick up on that one. What's your view of going to the cinema with, as a as a family experience? No, we we enjoy it actually. Um, so normally uh, it, it would be one of, because uh, our son is uh, is just turned nine. Uh, it's normally these sort of CGI, slightly comedic. Uh, things and uh, but actually the fact that they put a few gags in there for the parents and things like that that's uh, uh, that that's quite good and you, you come out of it um, being able to at least have a conversation and say oh I really like that scene or, or something like that so uh, you're right it's a it's a bonding exercise it's it's all you know obviously the the films are all quite frivolous and it's not like they're gonna learn a new skill and um, and you know learn to beat a grandmaster in chess or anything like that um, but it's uh, it's a bit of fun, and you can have a little bit of a laugh, and and that's it. And what about when you were a child? Was it important f- for you as a child with your family that you went to the cinema, or not? Well, that, that's a completely different story. So my parents hated the cinema, um, but they knew that it was something to take the kids to. But because I had a, a younger, still, still do have a younger sister, actually, uh, eighteen months younger, um, the stipulation was if we went to the cinema, it had to be something we could both watch. Which meant I see a nod from Toby there, um, which meant that you know Star Wars, Star Trek, Tron, all of those things. I only got to see that stuff when it was on 
TV. So consequently, a lot of that stuff when people in the playground talk about, hey, have you seen uh, Return of the Jedi or something like that? It's like, uh, no. And can you remember any of them? And anything that you'd like to share with us this evening? In terms of the ones that I'd, I'd seen at that age, the ones so, that you saw with your with your sister at the time. So the very first film that I would have seen when uh, my sister and I were uh, very young would have been one of the Disney Snow White, I think. Uh, it's classic, classic way of indoctrinating children, things like that. But let's just pick up on that point that you made there, Andrew, about um, indoctrination. And there's, there's no doubt that movies can lead to a level of indoctrination. We pass on certain values to them by encouraging them to to watch particular movies or stay away from other particular movies. What, what's, uh, what do we think as a panel of, of uh, other movies that uh, we should be encouraging our children to see in in terms of passing on those those feelings so steve what i've tried to encourage the boys to watch movies that i think they should be watching and i think that as they get beyond it's sort of into double figures sort of 10 years 10 years old and beyond their peer group define what they want to be watching um you know i've i've tried to get my eldest to sit and watch the original Sean Connery, R.I.P., God Rest His Soul, Bond films. And he, he doesn't see those as Bond films. He just sees those as old films. And as a consequence of that, has very little interest in them. But, so, so with the, the, the whole age-appropriate thing, so, so obviously the, the, you know, the, the BFA has, has lines drawn with regards to uh, certification 12, 15, what have you. How close do you allow your children to be to, to, to those? Yeah. It's a very interesting question, isn't it? Because obviously there's the, it would vary very much to the individual child. But then there are things which you would know that all children were not uh, ready to see. Um, but we probably all made mistakes on movies that we shouldn't have. Not, not just children, adults as well. I can't stand horror films, right? I'd be behind a pillow all the way through all of them. Apart from maybe the opening credits, I could handle that. Is that a dint of, of, uh, of, of how I grew up or what I watched when I grew up or what? Who knows? I had a sort of very deep, distant memory of watching Team America and thinking, yeah, that was quite funny for puppets. So I thought my my uh, 10-year-old son would be ready to watch that. <laughs> Dear me, that was the longest hour and a half of my life waiting for that to finish. He lived it, but, I mean, it was incredibly inappropriate. And, yeah, so, I mean, I've got a lot of respect as a result for the <laughs> the BFA for being able to, uh, to, to get these things right. It's... Uh, Sorry, doesn't it depend on the subject matter? Depends on your view of the subject matter, surely. So I think that this is a really good point. I I don't let either of the boys watch anything which is age inappropriate unless I've seen it. No, 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 no. By which, by which I mean, there are certain things, there are topics, and you know, there are things that I'm perfectly happy for the elder one to watch, whether they're 15s or, in some cases, 18s. Although that line, you know, what used to be an 18 is now very much down in 15 territory, and what used to be in 15s is being compressed down. So I think what what you now see in 18s is really quite extreme so the older stuff and a good example of that might be something like beverly hills cop which i think is an 18 but i know that film inside out and roops and i watched it and you know it, it was that 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 was fun together he wanted there's to- an edited version of that that went that when it was first on the bbc which was a bit more 
um, child-friendly. Palatable. He wanted to watch the John Wick films. Now, to my mind, they are they are violent films, but it's cartoonish violence, and he's a smart enough lad that, as a consequence of watching it, he doesn't go out and duff all his friends up. I did have one rule, though, about... Um, watching things that were age inappropriate which is i don't mind you watching foul language but the first time i hear it then we go back to films that are age appropriate nothing else and you know touch wood i've i I, he's always respected that but yeah i I think that the guidelines are very very helpful but i also find that for, for for newer films particularly for the younger one because he's quite sensitive so I know he's technically allowed to watch a 12 and a PG, but I do find the parental section on IMDb very helpful that breaks out specific mm. scenes. I think that's a really useful thing. And a, a lot mm. of people aren't aware that it's there, but it's a, it's a really helpful. And it actually gives root and branch sort of minute and second uh, of when things are going to happen. So it's worth it, worth having a look at. Steve's private. So what about all these remakes that they come up with? Completely unnecessary. Well, Robo, Robocop is a case it's dreadful. Yeah. John McKinnon, yeah. in, 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 and that was a 12 Oh, John Kinnaman, yeah. yeah. Just an appalling film. Appalling yeah. film. I, I think for me, the, um, the no-go area for my girls is teenage films from America specifically. Mm-hmm. There's certain things that I don't mind them watching because... We're from a Muslim background and kind of having them exposed to relationships and all that kind of stuff. We've got to be quite safe on that. Do you find it a challenge then, Monir, to um, to find appropriate material for a Muslim family to watch? 90% of the time, yeah. That's why we, we've kind of stuck to Disney, Disney movies because it follows the whole Christian rhetoric on morals and values. So we can kind of play on play on that. I, I, don't, I don't think it's a particularly you know individual uh, religion problem. I think that you know here here we are with with a bunch of you know rubbish on the television and and films that are pumping what what Hollywood wants to pump into into the the, the networks and you know whether whether it's it Muslim Christian or or it doesn't really matter what it's it's just it's it's kind of sensible beliefs. And and it's it's also we've got a load of television that is it's just it's not even worth the bandwidth. It's not even worth yeah. the creation. That is Tristan's audition for Grumpy Old Men right there. Yeah. Kids the today, is, is, movies today, television yeah. today. Music today, it all sounds the same, don't it, Tris? <laughs> but, but do you find that your movie tastes have changed over time since you had the kids? Because I know mine has. Oh, I, I fully agree with with, with yeah. you there. Um, I, I don't. You know, just going back to the point that Toby was making before about movies being remade, perhaps unnecessarily. I, I think some of the the movies that we think about from our golden age, you know, when we were watching a lot of movies as young men, and and uh, and well, the ones you watched as a young man, Steve, didn't even have people talking in them, did they? <laughs> <laughs> that, that is true. That is true. But if you go back and listen. If, and if you go back and watch them again now, they they, they have not lasted the, uh, the 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 test of time. My my most uh, uh, compelling memory of going to the cinema as uh, as as a child, in fact, 
uh, was to go and see Star Wars. And it was the, the best cinematographic experience I'd had. The story, the effects, the cinema was full. It was just an amazing experience. And I sat my boy down to watch that and he couldn't bear to sit through the movie. It was so boring. I found it boring after all this time as well. It just hadn't moved with what we expect to get from a movie. We've, we've become accustomed to a different way. I find your lack of faith disturbing. <laughs> <laughs> the force is strong I, I, I in this the same thing with um, Back to the Future. I thought, uh, I thought mine would absolutely love it. It's, uh, it's got all the, these great elements to it. I mean, he barely got past the scene in the Twin Pines more when it's like, yeah, whatever. So I, I do think that maybe there is a, a case for taking some of the movies that we uh, saw as children and uh, and remaking them for a more uh, a more cosmopolitan uh, audience that's uh, that's around at the moment. But, but I think you know, so that so that kind of harks back to Toby's comments earlier about James Bond, and you know, and Sean Connery still sits there as as the best Bond, as far as I'm concerned, as far as Roger Moore's concerned, as far as Daniel Craig's concerned, right? Um, and it's such a shame that he didn't do more of them, Tristan. I, I think he did one too many. Well, do you do you think that um, the uh, Thunder never say never again? Never, yeah, never that never again, remake, never. the Bond film that wasn't a Bond film shouldn't have. Been. I, I think this is a really interesting point that you make there, Sammy. About there's a body of work out there by a filmmaker that you particularly admire that you want to pass on to your children. Is that because you think they will enjoy it or because you think that will give them an insight into who you are? I think that the latter, actually. Uh, you know, I think a lot of Nolan's um, movies are about time and time is itself, you know, you know, almost a maybe a spiritual, uh, you know, philosophical subject and and there's a lot of um, there's a lot of it also touching t to science um so i think his body of work is really diverse and you've got inception which is about lucid dreaming which is itself about philosophy and maybe a little bit of spirituality and then you've got interstellar which is more about science uh, and actually very much so even that you know so, some um, astrophysicists were on the set uh, giving advice about you know, time distortion around the um, the event horizon around around the black hole and all these things. And um, you know, I, well, I know I'm, I'm sounding already really boring, but uh, but I think yeah, it does give insight about who I am and my passion for science, my passion for um, the minds, and um, you know, and and you you know, and it, it's not perfect. And his latest movie, you know, by far is probably his most outrageous in the sense that you come out of it, you're like. What was this? I didn't get. You know, why did I sub, sub, submit myself to this? And and I went three times. So, um, so do you think? Do you think that you've got it all yet, or are you going to no. need to go four or five more? <laughs> I'm actually really upset, Sammy, that you couldn't get your head around the concept of reverse entropy on the first viewing. I just think yeah. it's a bit of a it's a bit of a shame, frankly. I know. Did you go to the third viewing the first time or the second time? So, third viewing first. But um, because I've seen the movie, and now I'm seeing the trailer, you see, because it's reversed. <laughs> so uh, picking up on the point that Sammy's made there, who else has got uh, films up their sleeves that they're just waiting to uh, to inflict upon their children? To, to... I'm going to start with, uh, with Tris. So, so I really like The Matrix. I think The Matrix was a really strong first film. I even liked the second and the third. The second wasn't quite so good, but the third was good. So I like those. I think Wall Street was a classic. I think The Wolf of Wall Street is brilliant. I think I'd love to 
I'd love to show the boys. Oh, the, you know what? The list is is endless, but there's some brilliant bits of cinematography out there that are just classic. There's, a, there's an amazing film called um, Welcome to Curiosity. Well, that sounds interesting. Tell us about that. So, so the production team are, are, are a new team, but it's got some some real kind of hit actors in it from. Uh, Game of Thrones from uh, from EastEnders. It's just you know, it's it's a wild off the wall film. You've just got all got to watch it, right? It's uh, and it was crowdfunded, which makes it really quite interesting. Tristan, you, you've been you've been very reserved there because I know that you 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 are desperate to get your boys to watch the Robert Redford classic All Is Lost, aren't you? Which is about one man on a sailing boat for 90 minutes. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but Robert Redford says nothing for the entire yeah. film. Oh, I, I watched a movie like that. It was on an aeroplane. It was the worst movie I ever saw. It was. It took four hours to watch it. Not a word was said. It's called Time to Destination. <laughs> it's only, only just slightly shorter than, uh, than watching The Irishman, isn't it? <laughs> that, that's interesting about how so you, you, to to measure modern films compared to sort of films that were made in the 50s and 60s and look at just how short they've become and i don't know whether that's a reflection on our uh on our attention span but i mean I, I i watched i watched lawrence of arabia relatively recently again uh, because there was a, a a 4k remaster and not only does it hold up it's a beautiful film it's four hours long i'd it's an intermission and even on the disc the intermission lasts for 10 minutes so monia what have you got uh, lined up for your daughters to to watch to to get to know their father through movies well i want to just answer toby's four-hour epic film welcome to my world dude growing up watching bollywood films on a vhs recorder no dancing in lawrence of arabia at all oh, there is. at least you get a dance break no you, you missed it you've got the uncut version then i'll, I'll go back and watch it again but aren't, aren't they sort of Jolly movies, anyway. I mean, you, you can't be miserable while you're watching a Bollywood movie in in the main. Ah, see, though, they you got Bollywood films, and then you've got Indian cinema. Bollywood is the populist movies. They're cool. They're fun. Lots of dancing, singing, running around trees in saris, and all that kind of stuff. But then you've got Indian cinema, which is which takes elements from French New Wave, the Indies of America, Italian Neorealists. British cinema and brings it all together and they are the films to watch and they're now taking over Bollywood. There is also a sub-genre of Bollywood horror films, just like there is Japanese horror films, but Bollywood horror films, uh, they're in a different league. Yeah, I've worked on a couple of those. And then you've got the Bollywood superhero movies which are coming out. They're fantastic. Someone, if you worked on a couple of movies, does that mean you've got your own references on IMDb? I should have. I've worked on three movies in the Bollywood era, so I should have an IMDb reference. I'm led to believe that it's pretty easy to get one. They, they're given away to just about anybody um, these you days. You can write your own, can't you, Tristan? Very, very difficult to get hold of, actually. You've got to put money in the right hands to be able to do it. I, I understand. I saw your name works. on there, so it can't be that hard. Oh, the scathing that hurts. <laughs> I've spent a lifetime in film. Watching oh, films. <laughs> No, I, you know, it's 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 a great genre to be involved in. It's a great business line to be involved in. It's supporting and you know, creativity. It's a it's a it's a fantastic place to be if you've ever got the chance to to be involved in film. It's it's a great place to be. I understand, Steve, that you were involved in, in something or other. Can can you embellish on that at all? Um, yeah, I invested in a in a local filmmaker 
um, who it was, was his name Stanley. It was not. No, it was, it was in St Albans, local to St Albans, and they were making a, a web series, a spy thriller. And they came on the radio show, and I was so impressed by what they were doing that I ended up funding a large part of it um, to to get them off the ground and get it running. Uh, and for that, I got a walk on part uh, in the background. So that's I should really have my own IMDb space as well. But uh, modesty. When you say in the background, from, was it was was it behind the scenery as well, or uh... I found out just how hard it was to walk nonchalantly when the camera's on you. It's almost impossible. Were you walking like Jar Jar Binks, Steve? A little bit like that, yeah. A cross between Jar Jar Binks and Jabba the Hutt. <laughs> and, and he wouldn't be on the radio now were it not for, uh, for that, uh, you know, that, that dip in. <laughs> <laughs> Is that what somebody said you really ought to consider a career in radio instead, Steve? <laughs> Pretty much that's when it happened, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Very good, Tristan. What, what was your um, what was your experience with it? So sim- similar to um, to Steve, I, um, th- I I invested some money in the first uh, crowd funded film called uh, Welcome to Curiosity. It launched about three years Sorry, ago. The line was crackling then a little bit, Tristan. Was it called? I, I, was it Welcome to Curiosity? Welcome to Curiosity. Yeah. Welcome to Curiosity. Yeah, I've got I, I got it that time. Available from all good uh, films. The sellers. discount bin in the uh, the petrol station. <laughs> yeah. But uh, no, it's it's, uh, it's good fun. It's good. Uh, it's it's good cinema rather. And and it's it's launching or helping uh, UK actors and and the creative arts in the UK, which which are always under pressure and under threat. Because you you in your in your very lucid introduction, you talked about the ninety five inch jumbotron television experience. I did. I indeed. wonder how people feel about the importance of going to the cinema versus being able to consume the media at home. I asked the question because I'm a huge believer that big is best. Mm-hmm. I mean, the IMAX experience, I think, is a lot of people just think it's a big screen. But the experience that you get with a well-made yeah. film is so visceral and engaging. You feel like you're there. And I think, right. yeah. I think that in a way that you never get at home, the size and the scale and the immersion that you get in modern cinema. Toby, it is a, it is a fascinating question that you ask about uh, the, the comparing the experiences of cinema of watching movies at the cinema compared to yeah. watching it at home. It's more about the immersion than it is the the, the size. And yeah. <laughs> I mean, we won't read any further into that. Rather than just the immersion, let me just guide it back to the answer. Um, rather than just immersion, isn't it about the experience of cinema? But that that in itself is a degree of immersion. So so what you were saying, you were bang on about what you were saying with IMAX. I remember seeing. Uh, the Dark Knight Rises, and I remember one of the opening scenes where you see the the Batwing going through uh, the city or something like that. I, but I felt that tiny flutter of vertigo when it when it went up like that, and I thought, "Wow, that's incredible!" Three D, because the cinema industry and I've done some work with the cinema industry were were pinning their hopes on tearing people away from their ninety five inch jumbotrons because they feared that they were losing that market. And the the, the biggest one that springs to mind, if you ever saw Beowulf. Which had a tremendously miscast Ray Winston playing Beowulf, uh, and uh, the, the whole thing of him going up saying, "I'll kill your monster." Didn't didn't sound particularly Nordic, but they had things like spears 
jabbing at people and crows flying in, in really weird angles, and it just added nothing to the production. Ray, Ray Winston's never going to really help that along, is he? It's, uh... yeah. But to Moni's point there about the immersion, and, and it isn't necessarily just about the size of the screen, right? Size matters and all, all the rest of it, but it, it is um, about the immersion within the experience, which can easily be distracted by a child falling asleep on your lap or needing to go to the toilet or anybody in the cinema talking. I would happily pay an extra tenner to go to a cinema which was uh, overseen by an attendant with a cattle prod who took out anybody who spoke during the cinema. It needs to be complete silence. That was a cinema in the 80s, wasn't it? I will take people talking over people using mobile phones any day in the cinema no. if you if it's, in it's, the hierarchy of cinema attendance crimes getting that mobile phone out having that bright screen flashing around is that's number one i'd, I'd rather listen to people's mobile phones go off than have them because they use them for a protracted period of time as well that's a that's a, a public flagellation capital event. I, I agree, but but they're, they're all different sides of this, the same coin, which is distraction from watching the movie and distraction from the immersion within the experience, which is something that leads to the shared uh, shared experience. Sammy, sorry, go ahead. Going to going to uh, see a movie in the cinema is also about a, a, a shared experience. You know, it's about being in a, in a, it's about bodies in a, in a in a room watching a movie and reacting at the same time. People laughing, people. You know, gasping, people doing a bunch of things. Um, I, and maybe not the best example, but I remember going to see A Quiet Place, which is a horror movie, oh, yes. but a, a great one. And the very so, okay, so the plot of this movie is the Earth has been invaded by creatures, very deadly creatures who react to sound. So any any time you make a sound, they're gonna they're gonna come and kill you and eat you. So essentially, you survive oh, by dude. not making any sound. And so the first. 15 minutes of the movie are essentially like um almost like a silent movie it's amazing but all you all you get are very very subtle sounds like skin against clothes like people walking on on sand to, to, to avoid making and so when you're in the cinema in a big room with you know 100 people and everyone is so silent because they want to get those subtle sounds and that, and that is amazing sammy did you find that people had stopped eating their popcorn yes yes usually in the in the beginning people exactly, the beginning. just eating popcorn was too noisy exactly and when yeah. when something does kick off your, your heart lit i mean <laughs> oh yeah talking so about jump is, scares it nearly killed me. all about sound and and but uh, it, it is true that usually in the beginning of the movies people are going to be eating popcorns uh, uh you know and but uh, in this movie everyone is so focused about the sonic experience that no no one dares disturb it and then there's a bunch of little things in there like you know when you see a pregnant woman and you're like how do, how how can that happen without a sound <laughs> when you see the nail on the. Oh, you'd be surprised. Anyway. <laughs> well, <laughs> um, I had to stick my fingers in my ears because I've got that recorded, and I got to watch that later. I didn't want any spoilers. Why not? It, it is. It is horrific. Oh, I'm scared now. <laughs> it, it, it's got it, clowns it, it, in it. <laughs> no, well, what I was going to say is during lockdown when we were watching movies, we went through that whole experience. I'd make tickets. I'd be the attendant, letting everybody in. The girls made the popcorn. We even ventured out to get some tortillas with um, the melted cheese on it. 
and that was the whole experience. Did you overcharge them? They'd come in, if they came in, t- oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Five for each. That PlayStation isn't going to buy itself, we know yeah. that. That's that's terrific. That's that's part of what we're talking about here, that you, you wanted to recreate that experience and uh, for the family to share something which you wouldn't be able to do during that lockdown. And that's exactly where we started, wasn't it? Right? All those weeks ago when we uh, kicked off on, on our lockdown adventure. Well, I can tell you the stories of when we were younger and we used to go watch Bollywood films in the cinema and we didn't buy popcorn or anything like that. My mum used to take tiffins or food, chapatis, rotis, curries, sneak it in, three-hour Bollywood movie, eat it as, as we watch it. Brilliant. And on that note, we're going to bring down the curtain on this Dads at the Movies special this evening. We did set out to investigate the role of cinema and movies in family life and how the movies we watch together bring dads and their kids together. I have to say, we took a few cinematic detours along the way and we probably learnt more about the panel's favourite movies than any tips on parenting. And for the life of me, I can't think of a single thing <laughs> we agreed on. Time to roll the credits and thank you to our panel this evening. Andrew, thank you for being with us tonight. Thank you. I'll be back. <laughs> <laughs> Toby, thank you for joining. Uh, crude and short clansman, your attack was no better than that of a clumsy child. <laughs> Precious building. Tristan, thanks for joining us this evening. Hash la vista, baby. <laughs> He's Scottish. (laughs) Monia, thank you for joining us this evening. I've got nothing to say apart from it's been a pleasure. I I couldn't think of a line. (laughs) Shaken, not stirred. The pressure was building right to the very, very end. And and Sammy, thank you for being with us this evening as well. Great, Scott. Uh, (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Thank you all. And uh, join us uh, next week on the Parrot Show here on Radio Verulam on 92.6 FM.